Bienvenidos y welcome a todos to this new episode of Siéntate y Hablemos. You have our two gracious hosts today, me, Nico Gaspar. And Valentina Chavarria. And this week, we're going to be talking about Puerto Rico. And more specifically, you know, the history of Puerto Rico, where Puerto Rico is now, American relations with Puerto Rico. And for this, we brought in an expert, a researcher, someone who did a lot of the work, uh, Alanis Camacho. I will let her um, introduce herself. Hi, everyone. My name is Alanis Camacho Narvaez. I'm a sophomore at Elon. And I'm a Puerto Rican, so yeah, let's start this topic. Thank you, Nico and Valentina, for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for doing all this research, all of this work, and, and coming in to talk to us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And so to get us started, can you tell us a little bit of the history of Puerto Rico? Where did it start? Where did all all this commence? Yeah, where to begin? Sure. So, you know, before, you know, Cristobal Colón, we were mm. La Isla Boriquen. Um, the Taino people, which were like native to all the Caribbean, were the ones that lived in Borican. Um, But then, you know, once we were colonized by Spain, we kind of stayed in their power until 1898 um, to when we transitioned to U.S. power. Um, and we've been with the U.S. since. And what does that relationship look like with the u.s now like that transition from spain to american like what where where what's that relationship like now with puerto rico in, in the united states um yeah that transition was pretty drastic for puerto ricans at the time so we were so close to becoming a commonwealth with spain um and all of that was just went down the drain when the u.s got involved we had to wait like around 50 more years to reach that status with the united states Um, so it was definitely drastic. It was uh, very frustrating um, having, you know, Puerto Ricans at the time, like, protest for such a long time for a status that we would have to wait so many more decades for. And, you know, there was also language, you know, it was a big culture shock going from speaking Spanish all this time to having, like, English imposed. Yeah. Um, you know, and that American culture imposed on us. So, yeah, it was definitely a transition yeah. yeah and where are we now right now with with puerto rico what what does it look like right now yeah so right now we're a commonwealth so to be honest the best way i describe it is a gray area mm. so it's this commonwealth where we have our own government governing um like self-governing um institution but we can't really like vote for for example president um but we are u.s citizens but we can't trade with other countries it's just that like this gray area where um it's not a colony but it's not a state of the united states either right yeah the the official definition if we want to go off of that is an independent country or community especially a democratic republic and so it can be like kind of a part of like a grouping of mm -hmm. countries kind of like the uk um but in this case it's more of like a u.s territory or colony right yeah exactly um and so So, yeah, we got that status in 1952. We did become U.S. citizens way before that in 1917, just, you know, in time for World War One. Mm. Yeah. Um, very convenient. Very convenient. Um, and then a few decades later, we became, you know, a commonwealth. And, you know, this came to be because after World War Two, a decolonization committee opened um, and the U.N. basically forced all countries to either annex their colonies Um, give them independence or give them another status that wasn't considered colonialism. 
And so, you know, the U.S. settled for a commonwealth with us. And so how is how has that been? You know, how is how has it been to be a commonwealth of the United States? Um, so I guess like most people can think just because we're U.S. citizens, um, it's basically the same as being a state, but not necessarily, you know, especially like Puerto Rico having so many people of color. Like there were a lot of issues with human rights um, in the 20th century um, as we were trying to like get accustomed to being a part of the United States. And so, I mean, I guess I can give all of you a few examples if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Please, Please do. Soon. Sure. So um, the first one I guess I can think about is the uh, militarization in Vieques, which is an island, a small island off the coast of Puerto Rico, which is considered a part of Puerto Rico. And, you know, there's a small population there, but the U.S. Marine settled itself there, basically. So they it started in the 19th century, but, you know, across the 20th century, um, they built forts and they basically trained U.S. Marines, they tested bombs in the island, and as oh a man. result of that, you know, like, there were a lot of deaths, and we're not, I guess, not too many, but, like, once in a while, like, a Puerto Rican would die, and, of course, like, that's still very important, um, and, no, yeah, that was really rough for the Vieques population, and they only left, like, uh, like, I think, like, 15 years ago, in 2003, so. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And what were some of those effects? I feel like a lot of, like, military testing and stuff like that can come with a lot of negative effects like what were Health some of those effects, effects? yeah oh, definitely um so they did a few studies in the 90s um and they found that cancer rates when compared to like the national u.s average and also the national like puerto the mainland puerto rico average was way higher it was like i think it was 40 percent of the vegas population had some type of cancer as a result of that radiation and that exposure to wow. those chemicals um no and that has big like impacts and Vieques yeah. is a small island so it only has like one hospital oh and my God. yeah and it's even been like impacted by hurricane maria so they're just really struggling <laughs> out I there bet. um yeah and to think that they only left like in 2003 that's that was the other days i feel yeah that's <laughs> yesterday yeah yeah absolutely that's crazy. no absolutely that's mm. crazy and especially thinking about like it was the U.S. who did it, almost to their own country, too, because it's Puerto Rico. Like That's what we don't think of a, a lot, is, like, Puerto Rico is part of the United States, and, yeah. and you're really doing that to your own citizens, if you think about it, you Basically. Know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, in a sense, that's why people, like, you know, there's, like, this term, like, second-class citizens, and so we right. can think of Puerto Ricans when we, you know, learn about that concept, because it's basically how it's been for the past hundred-ish years. Right. It's yeah. considered part of the U.S. for the good things, but um, exactly when for, it's convenient. for the things that are convenient that we drop bombs on them. Yeah. No longer the U.S. Right, it took right, a right. lot to take them out of that island. Um, I think it was when those like cancer, re that, that cancer research came out and people saw what it was actually doing to the Vegas population that a lot of like um, protests started, like civil disobedience. Yeah. Um, like there was like, I read an article where it was like a lot of, puerto rico like sailors or not sailors it was like f oh fishermen um they would literally just block like the way of some u.s marine ships as a way of like protesting um mm. and there were times where it would get violent like they would attack those fishermen for you know protesting but um yeah that's kind of how we reached the part of our you know we reached the we we like we were successful in getting the u.s marine out yeah yeah and 
I guess that's one little knot in this chain of 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 the complication of the United States and Puerto oh, yeah. Rico. Oh, yeah. There's a lot you of know. examples. What 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 else what else what else have you seen? What else have you seen in your research that you know that 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 can tell a little bit more of this US and Puerto Rican relation? Yeah, so there is also a lot of like controversy with Puerto Rican women. So, you know, birth control, right? So that was tested um, with Puerto Rican women, first with guinea pigs and, you know, hamsters, and then with Puerto Rican women. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. That's, um, that's a very interesting yeah. way of comparing up. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it started in the 50s, um, and these two researchers, I don't remember their name, I'm sorry, but they approached... Um, Puerto Ricans just because it was also like an easy flight there they didn't have to like go internationally um although they did also do testings in Haiti but yeah. anyways the point is they reach Puerto Rican women they usually target targeted like more illiterate and poor women so they couldn't really know what they were consenting to um and so they started these tests and of course there were women that were getting like as adverse effects because we know how many symptoms the birth oh, yeah. control pill can give in like small doses but you know this was like um, tested in Puerto Rican women in higher doses because they were still in, you know, in those experiments in that experimental stage. Yeah. And so these trials continued for a while until like a a big there was a big distrust with researchers now. And so women like one by one started getting off the trials. Um, but of course, like there was also a necessity, like there was a reason why we, they got into the trial right. at first or like why they accepted it, even though they didn't know exactly what they were signing up to. Yeah. Like this is a time where women were having more than 10, chi- 10 children and they didn't necessarily have like the best marriage. And so, you know, like there was this one story that really stuck with me about a woman that she already had 10 children and she had a husband that kind of asked for intercourse like every day like on a daily basis and she would tell the, the researchers like i need like i can't have any more children like I'll, I'll take anything you you can offer me right and so they would take advantage of women like that and they wouldn't even offer or give them the option um to use the birth control pill once it was like like more healthy and you know fda approved yeah so it's just a huge controversy I have a question about that. Do you know if they were paid in the trials or not even that? I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't paid. Yeah. Yeah. Just it I seems guess like getting the type of thing that they wouldn't yeah. pay for. And getting contraception was kind of the payment, I guess. Is that in in is that we're talking about like the birth control is like as the yeah. pill, right? As mm-hmm. the contraceptive, right? Yeah. And is that like the only method or form of birth control that was tested on Puerto Rican women? There was also this thing called la operación. Um it was the most common one and it goes back to like even though birth control was an option it wasn't really an option when it was fda approved it was an option just for experiments so the the most like um popular form of contraception for puerto rican women was something called la operación it was so common that people would describe it like it was a trend like women were getting it all the time um it started in the in the 30s so you know just in time and as a result of the eugenics movement that also reached puerto rico yeah (laughs) and so yeah it started in the 30s and it lasted to like the 70s um so you know the birth control was definitely approved by the 70s but it wasn't an option it was first la operación and you know what happened was that puerto rican woman would, would get to the doctor um and of course like these were puerto rican doctors but they were trained you know they were taken to the u.s to perform this surgery Mm. and they wouldn't really like give women any other option they would tell them like you need to get this operation like you don't want any more children you need to get this 
And of course, like it wasn't consent because women didn't really know what they were getting, what they were signing up for. Right. Of course. Um, a lot of women thought that it was reversible. Yeah. Oh, and, man. you know, there was also like obviously the option for the man that was more um, it was more safe and it was reversible. But, you know, at that time, who's the woman to say that she doesn't want to get the operation? Of course. Um, the husband could just sign off on mm. the operation being done on Puerto Rican woman. So, yeah, this kept on to like the 70s. Um, when eventually, like, I think it just got, like, less popular gradually, I guess. Okay. And did, did, do you think, like, Puerto Rican women started to notice, like, dang, this is not reversible. Like, this is not yeah. what I signed up for. Like, that kind of probably also kind of started to, like, Yeah, people mm-hmm. were starting to realize, like, oh, yeah. hold on a second. This is not Definitely. what I signed hold up on. for at all. No, yeah, there were women that were, like, in their 20s. Like, they would get it done i don't know like at 20 and they weren't even in like in a relationship and then they get married to someone and they were like oh i wanted to have children with this with this person um and they couldn't anymore so yeah they definitely didn't know what they were signing up for yeah yeah no that's terrible and 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 this has like a lot like more it has a lot of more depth to Mm -hmm. it we're kind of going in like the the skimming over it so if you guys want to learn more about really everything about la operacion y todo eso then it was uh, we have a little note here talking about um a documentary that came out in 1982 that um talks about what happened with la operacion in in, mm-hmm. in that time in Puerto Rico right and we will yeah. be um once the podcast is released we'll also be releasing some resources some sources for the things that we've talked about uh, in here and so you can go and check out the documentary in those sources absolutely later. yeah i yeah. would encourage you to do so <laughs> <laughs> and you can find those in our instagram yeah absolutely yeah yeah and and so a lot of this kind of started and in, in is hat was happening in 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 throughout the 19th century you know from what was it the 30s to like the 80s the 20th century it was all in like the 20th century i guess my bad um it was all in the 20th century so like what what is the relationship now has it gotten better with the u.s i don't think it's gotten better. that was a stupid um, question <laughs> <laughs> um well that's what we're here for to clarify questions yeah. um so no i mean i guess i guess it did get better like those human rights situations um they kind of they weren't as common anymore thank god um but you know we're still a commonwealth so there's still like this controversy of like are we a colony are we not um, I feel like it's up to the Puerto Rican to decide so that sometimes. Um, so as you said, like we can kind of review, like we were not able to vote for president. There's no representation in Congress, and the one delegate that we do have, which is called the resident commissioner, can't doesn't have a vote. Yeah. So you know, it's it's weird that we we don't have a vote, but we can be drafted into wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess what Valentina said earlier about we're U.S. territory when it's convenient or something. It's convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what is what? It, so you said, um, the representative that Puerto Rico does have. What what is his job? Like, what does that look like? You know, it's basically to communicate what the Puerto Rican population wants. So let's say that there's a refer- referendum, which there was, the last one was in 2020, yeah. um, and if the referendum kind of says that we want to be a state, then or that that's like the popular like opinion, then they kind of take those results and they like advocate for us, like they debate and they just kind of advocate for the Puerto Rican population and what we want. Okay. Not that a lot happens as a result of that, but that's but he's their still job. like right. he has no vote either. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's really hard, especially because you then you don't have any voice in 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 government. Um, you know, you have no Congress. representation in the Senate. You have no representation in 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 Congress. So you can't you can't get any laws passed or anything yeah. that is that that is helping Puerto Rico. And so, what is that? What 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 is that looking like right now in Puerto Rico? Really? I mean there's no progress i would say like we have like so many colonial characteristics and you know there's like slowly the popular opinion of wanting to like become a state is decreasing but even if it uh, that is what the majority of the puerto ricans want like just because there's like a position doesn't mean that the u.s congress is like obligated to take that into account so yeah they take the that information they take it to congress but they're not legally obliged to say okay sure we'll make you a state no it's been going on for a while and nothing has changed you know and there's also like other colonial colonial characteristics that make people think that oh no we're still a colony um i guess oh i can talk about the cabotage laws cabotage laws <laughs> that's a weird i always <laughs> say it in spanish yeah. um it was enacted in the 1900 and i talk about this because it's still prevalent today right so this basically means that Puerto Ricans can't trade with any other country. Anything that comes in and out of the country or the island um, has to be in a in an American boat with American crew. Can't oh be man. from anywhere else. Yeah, so it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and that's a lot for the economy, I imagine. Like yeah. prices must hike up. No, definitely. Like if something, for example, is coming from South America, they have to go up all the way to Florida, Jacksonville to then go back down to Puerto Rico. And yeah, that does have implications for prices in Puerto Rico. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, like, it's still kind of a little debate. Like, while I, while I was researching, I saw that some economists said um, that there wasn't as much change, but there. I, then I saw another article that actually had evidence that prices went up just because, like, you know, gasoline prices from go taking that extra hike up to Jacksonville and then going down. Like, of course, that has an implication in the Puerto Rican economy, so. Right, and the fact that Puerto Rico can only trade with the U.S. as well, can only sell to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Also, um, that means that the U.S. can pretty much choose, pick and choose prices from y'all. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, exactly. and I don't think those prices are going to be very um, just. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, if you go to Puerto Rico right now, like, there's, compared to, like, a, like an American grocery store, like, there's there's less products, and the products that are there are more expensive. And so, like, yeah. it doesn't, uh, research doesn't even have to be done about it. Like, you can just see it <laughs> in go the and grocery stores. Go and perceive it yourself. Right. <laughs> Literally. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, has there been any, like, change or any, like, movement to, like, kind of get rid of the Jones Act? Because the Jones Act, to me, it, it seems like it's making things a lot harder for for, for um, Puerto Rico in, in the way that, you know, it comes to relations with other countries, when it comes to trading with other countries. Um, when it comes to really its international power. Um, so have there been any pushes or what, what is it, wh what would it look like without the Jones Act? Like, you know, so economically it would benefit us like greatly. Um, of course I'm like, I'm not an economist to like be talking about this, I guess, but I've definitely like read quite a few articles and, um, it would help us. I, f I feel like when we talk about the economic recession in Puerto Rico, we always mention, um, things like, oh, like workers or, like corruption of course there's corruption in the puerto rican government but there's also other things that relate to our 
relationship with the u.s that impact that and you know that's where the conversation about the jones act starts yeah and so not really like of course there's been protests from like puerto ricans when we're talking when we're having these conversations they mention like do you want us to get better then remove that act but of course that's never the option instead they do other things like impose a very colonial like like um management board which is called la junta de control fiscal and the financial oversight and management board in english um and they implemented that kind of to help us with our economic recession but it's also been very controversial yeah and what are what are some of those controversies with with the overs- with um the financial oversight management board like what is what do they do and when what issues have you seen with that um so the obama administration implemented that for puerto ricans and he also elected like obama himself elected the members of that administration and what they basically do is they just literally um they just oversee everything so they approve the fiscal oh i forgot how to phrase this but it's like the budget of the the fiscal year budget Mm -hmm. um they pass laws like if if we're passing a law about i don't know like municipality funding or anything related to budget they can sue us if they don't agree they can sue you yes they can sue oh my god um yeah very weird um and so yeah they have they approve all of that and you know this sounded good at first like there were puerto ricans that were like sure we need help with this like there's corruption like we need more guidance and fun fact like the it's either the president i think it's the director of la junta natalia jaresco she helped greece with their economic recession mm. um she helped them a lot like i don't know how much time but they eventually went get, got out of that economic recession yeah but um still like since she was in, like since the board was imposed there's been a lot of controversies like they've made cuts in public health care and um they've closed down so many public schools and they've taken away funding from the un- the public university of puerto rico no it's been it's been bad like yeah it reached a point where like certain puerto ricans that were in agreement with the board at first they're not anymore like they're do we know where that money's going to that like the funds that were cut is there any like open to be honest like their ultimate goal is to lower our what's that called our debt so we have a Mm, huge debt i see i see some of it is you know, with the board, like, there's been uh, politicians that argue that we need to restructure the the debt. And so that has been done in the past, like, two years, I think, which is good. Um, but basically, I think any cut that they make in, that they pass is to help relieve the debt that we have oh. to, like, U.S. The, I think it's the U.S. government and also um, bonistas. That's how I would say it in, port- in, in Spanish, but can't remember the word for it right now. Right. And so, no, yeah, it's just it's supposed to be helping like our economy right now. But there's certain details about the law mm. yeah. that um, don't really make sense. So, for example, like Natal, the one that I mentioned, Natalia Jaresco, her salary is six hundred twenty five thousand. Oh, my God. Yeah. And who pays that? That's more than the U.S. president. Yeah. Who pays that? Though? You want to know who pays that? <laughs> who pays it? <laughs> the Puerto Rican government. Of course. Mm. And it's like so it's like right. a paradox almost like they're there to help us with our economic recession. Yet we have to pay. And not, that's just one salary. But like, I don't know how many members there are, but there's more than five. And we have to, to pay all their salaries. That's yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. That's too much. Pretty six figure salary, too. Yep. Yeah. 
That's a nice Lamborghini yeah, no. salary. <laughs> that, that part of that part of like some healthcare and some education, I'm sure, is also going to that salary. Yeah, no, um, that's the thing. Like, cause that's there's a also lot. there's also been like talks of like um, conflict of interest. There hasn't been anything that has like come out yet, but I feel like I have. I suspect, you know, my personal opinion mm. yeah. that in the ni- next five years, like there'll be some report on like the conflict of interest, and politicians have asked for them, like. Because they they keep cutting like you said from like public needs, but where's that where's that going? And so a lot of people are saying like they're making money out of that somehow. Because yeah. we have this phrase that is like, some Puerto Rican politician said this once, and can be applied to a lot of places. It's like if for every suspicious act that is going on or that they pass, someone's making money out of it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's what we see with this board all the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Oh yeah. Yeah. And. As I understand, this is like mandatory as well. Like, oh yeah, the no. board is mandatory. Yeah, we have no say in whether it stays or goes. Oh, amazing! So it's like here you go. Right. Um, yeah. You pay for this too. Like, no, we don't yeah. want it. No, yeah. you're you're gonna have it, and you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, you're gonna have this, and you're and stuck. Please pay for the salary as well. Yeah. So we came up with this concept for your country, right? Mm. And so your country is gonna get out of this recession, and you're gonna pay for it, pretty mm-hmm. much. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Because yeah. it's like not like Puerto Rico had the money there. In, in the first place yeah. um yeah and so in that is that still currently going on mm-hmm. yeah and what surprises me what i kind of like about like the effects that it's had is i feel like it unifies puerto ricans because you know puerto ricans there are some that want statehood some that want independence and some that just want to stay how they are like as a commonwealth but in that sense like even the current governor that is pro-statehood even he has problems with the with the oversight management board sometimes. So I feel like it's not even a, like what we want for the future of Puerto Rico. It's like common dislike towards the mm. board sometimes. Yeah. 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 Wow. And like, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be mad that, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. that 625,000. Ooh, I'd be That's so That's so mad. much. Yeah. And I've been hearing a lot about um, Act 2022. Oh, yeah. Um, but I can't, like I haven't been able to yeah <laughs> like research what it is or anything could you tell us a little bit about that yeah sure so there's quite a few acts that are act as like tax incentives for certain people but yeah act 2022 is like the most known i feel um it's very much promoted in the u.s like mm-hmm. a kind of like a cruise promo or something very oh my God. very <laughs> yeah usually i mean lately it's been very popular and so basically it's a very american is, dreamy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, Puerto Rico dreamy (laughs) (laughs) and so what what that means basically is that any I think it's also like international like non-US residents but also like non-Puerto Rico residents can move to Puerto Rico they can become Puerto Rican residents and they get tax incentives so I think act 2022 you get you pay zero percent in income taxes Mm. oh Um, my god yeah and so there are already some taxes that are less in Puerto Rico for example like we don't pay federal income taxes so they're getting like double the tax incentive oh. in a way and so yeah the idea is that they bring their businesses here and they pay they get a tax incentive and so you know it's all sounds great like we used to have a similar law called um it's the 936 law it was in the 2000s it was like in effect since the 90s i think but um it stopped being in effect in the 2000s and it was great for Puerto Rico. Like, it was doing well for the economy. It was good employment for Puerto Ricans. You know, the unemployment rate in Puerto Rico has always been really high. So it was good employment for Puerto Ricans. But then it was taken out in 2000 and 
they voted to take it out, but then it went into effect 2005. And so ever since then, we've been in a recession. So it's a lot of economists can agree in that that was a big contributor yeah. to the economic yeah. recession. So I feel like they try to bring that back in a way with this Act 2022. But it really hasn't had the same results, like socially and economically. Yeah, no, right. I was just I was just thinking when you said that. I was like, didn't I hear somebody like that Logan Paul was moving to Puerto Rico? Did y'all yes. hear about that? Oh my that? God, really? Yeah, yes. I just had to look it up to make sure that yeah. I was thinking of that right. And I'm wondering <laughs> oh. if it's because of that, because there's no tax, like that tax incentive. No, exactly that has why. to sound real, real nice to a celebrity, especially if you're making so much money. And yeah. that just shows like that money's not going to the Puerto Rico. It's not going to the U.S. government. It's going to right back into the rich person's pocket you exactly know? no yeah logan paul lives right next to my neighborhood oh, it's like oh, wow. it's my neighborhood and then there's like it's called dorado beach it's a really um luxurious like neighborhood and that's where a lot of the americans are mm. are moving to yeah. and that's why like prices have gone up so much but yeah fun fact logan paul lives there and <laughs> i've had a few <laughs> friends see him that's crazy. Um, that's pretty funny yeah it is funny <laughs> that's, and so in because this was kind of brought into like ad jobs right to add more opportunities to add money to that bring money idea. in right mm -hmm. and and it's kind of done the exact opposite like it's they recently did a study on whether it's because it's been already there for a decade they implemented it in 2012 yeah so they did like kind of like a decade like let's follow up right and they found that for ha it having been there for a decade it hasn't been that much progress like it's been a really small mm. like like benefit to the economy yeah. and yeah. that should know, give you an idea of how it's working yeah no and, and for who it's working to exactly and so i'm not sure i feel like i need to read more a little bit on that to see what is it exactly that they amended to kind of make it have more of an economic impact but i think yeah i'm not i really can't talk a lot about that but yeah they just kind of signed off to have it for 10 more 15 more years wow yeah oh no it's it seems like a tax incentivized um gentrification right yeah it's literally oh, yeah, incentivized gentrification <laughs> it seems like yeah. basically no and for real like prices have been going up yeah. so in that neighborhood that i was talking to you about Beach, like it's always been a luxurious and like really expensive neighborhood but for example a house that was a million dollars there before or even like nine hundred thousand dollars before is now like some are being sold in 15 million yeah oh, um, man. and it's it's insane right like yeah. insane and of course it makes like like real estate puerto, um, puerto rican real estate people are prioritizing selling houses to yeah, probably americans because yeah. like a puerto rican might offer you like the value of the house yeah but if there's american that doubles the price of course they're going to sell it to an american yeah and of so course. you want to know something like literally i heard about um so there was like i heard that they were selling houses but they were like like auctioning it yeah. mm -hmm. so they would all meet and like they would just like to see who would offer mo mo more yeah. or yeah. most for the house um and i just found that insane like i've never That's heard of someone wow. selling a house auctioning a house yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no they do it a little bit here but not yeah. it's not very common no and not even like economically like also like social impact so and there was this <laughs> i'm gonna talk about this so there was this encounter that we had so before we didn't really notice when there were americans like moving because of that like you saw an american here or there but you didn't really know it was because of a tax incentive yeah but now it's like so common that um they've been promo promoting it in silicon valley that there's a lot more 
really yeah in Silicon Valley? <laughs> yeah there's like oh. ads like you want to live in paradise or something like come get oh no yeah i saw Dude, that the this, other day this reminds me a lot to what happened to cuba over oh, re- oh, a while really? ago that because like a lot of americans ended up in cuba that way they're like mm. this like tropical paradise come mm-hmm. here super exotic and things like Literally. that and it ended up like a lot of Cuba was sold to Americans and then like mm-hmm. it all yeah it was a huge problem yeah wow. no the social impact has been insane and so um so now that we're noticing so many like Americans coming I feel like they're also feeling that they're entitled to a lot of things mm. so sure yeah. if you want to come here and be entitled to your tax incentives whatever but there was this one situation where it was this couple that they bought um a condo right in front of the beach it was like a it's called Ocean Park where it used to be called Ocean Park um and it's very popular and then they moved there and they weren't like they were in the beach and they weren't allowing people to like like i think it was play tennis in front of their beach apartment and there were puerto ricans like confronting them like you can't tell us what to do like beaches are public in puerto rico like even if you try to privatize them in your own way like that's not that's That's not not how it is yeah Yeah. Yeah. and you know and because of that like that went viral in tiktok naturally of course Um, and there was this protest so usually that beach is like regularly like filled like there's not like that many people but it got so full as a way of like protesting just packed it out packed so packed and not just to like play there was like tennis tournaments um we were like there were there was like abandoned there people dancing like bomba y plena it was amazing and that that sounds like a great party right it was and it was literally a form of protest it was amazing no puerto ricans are like notoriously known for protesting protesting in very creative fun ways if you all want to know more about that just look up summer 2019 in puerto rico and you'll see all the creative ways we protested (laughs) amazing yeah so so now we call it karen's beach naturally out of that protest yeah and that's just one situation of like so many people are coming and they're feeling entitled to this type of economic benefits that they think even the land is theirs. Yeah, they own it. And yeah. they're not, no, you yeah. can't buy beaches. Sounds um, like what? Colonization? <laughs> what? Really? Wow. I didn't know. Hold on. Huh? Mm, entitled to land that is not theirs? What? Wow. Interesting. We never heard that one before. No. That's no, a new one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so in with uh, everything that's going on, everything that's happening in, in Puerto Rico, like what where where can we go now like what's the future looking like for for puerto rico what what can us in the united states do like can we change with act 2022 like where where can we where can we help um so i mean i guess what i would say is just spread awareness like when i came to study at elon i didn't realize like how many people didn't even know about puerto rico like and of course like i guess in a, to an extent it's not their fault because it wasn't like that taught in um, yeah the yeah, education system is yeah. not Absolutely. great about talking of course about it. um and so but either way like now that we have more access to the internet and right. like we i don't know in our classes also like learning more about like other countries like just spread more awareness about puerto rico and like the fact that we're u.s citizens no we're not we're not a state but you know we're still u.s citizens english is taught in our island there's a lot of people that like ask like oh how do you know english so well and um well, it's because we're a colony of the United <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, no, just spreading awareness, I guess, holding peers accountable when they say, like, microaggressions about Puerto Ricans, about, like, the economy, anything, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. I think, at least for me, like, uh, throughout this podcast, and, like, not throughout this podcast, but um, before this podcast, and now kind of now, it's changed my perspective on, on Puerto Rico and what 
you know, research I need to be aware of because I definitely grew up in the American education system where we did not learn a lick about Puerto Rico. Like, I knew, like, it was a part of the U.S. that it wasn't kind of a part of the U.S. Like, it was a very gray zone that I was taught um, that Puerto Rico lives in. And I know that now with, with this um, information, with this podcast, at least for me, it's definitely opened up my eyes and in, in seeing that um, I need to be more aware of not only just Puerto Rico but all American territories that we still have um power over in mm-hmm. in in their struggles and and what the the American government is doing to help them to mm-hmm. hurt them you know what the situation is with them because um a lot of this information I didn't even know no and not know? even you Nico like for example like I also in a way also grew up in the American system because like I took classes of American history and European history whatever yeah and I only took Puerto Rican history for two years for like the 12 years that I was like in elementary, middle school, and high school, I only yeah. took it for two years. And that's, that's crazy. For being in the island, oh, wow. yeah. I feel like that's really little. And you're little. in yeah. Puerto Rico learning. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm saying, so like, you know, not just you. There's a lot of things that we had, we learned from like our teachers that they would go like off track to talk about. Oh, but wow. not in the books. No. Right. No, and even like in Latin America, even international students, we don't really know about mm-hmm. this type of thing. I think I got to know that Puerto Rico couldn't vote here in elon mm-hmm. like when i came yeah. here Exposure. so yeah and and american the american education system reaches farther than you would think right. mm-hmm. um a lot of countries base their systems off of the american system mm-hmm. so you know um it is complicated it's important to talk about it even if you're an international student get the word out get the word to other yeah. places um and yeah and not even not only Puerto Rico, yeah, but not just other Puerto Rico. Yeah, what are other uh, commonwealths? Like even you? I was like trying to like learn more, because um, if Puerto Ricans like me are gonna kind of ask Americans or like even international students to be more aware of the Puerto Rican issue, we also have to think of like U.S. Virgin Islands, like mm-hmm. um, just other territories of the U.S. Mm-hmm. Even like Hawaii. Yeah. Um, Hawaii is a state, right? But I just researching, I found out that they also still have the Jones Act. Or oh, like yeah. s- stuff like that. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. Um, so just learning more about U.S. territories and not just Puerto Rico, just spreading awareness about like the U.S. history that they don't really want to teach in the books. Right. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And that, I mean, that's really just kind of staying informed. I guess almost all of our podcasts end like that, just staying informed <laughs> and continuing that. But um, thank you so much for being such a good resource yeah, for you. us today. Um, thank you for hanging out with us. Absolutely. <laughs> spending some time getting to know you and Puerto Rico, you know, um, learning a little bit more about, about the history and everything. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate it. Thank you both for giving me the space to talk about my island. I'm really happy that I got to do that. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you have any final words? Not really. Good luck with the rest of the semester. Have fun. Study. Mm-hmm. Do your homework. Left. Yeah. Just a few <laughs> weeks left. Hang in there. We got this. Absolutely. We do. No, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, everybody have a good week. Have a good rest of your month. Till we see y'all next time. Um, Echale ganas. And yeah, ciao.